controversy. Oh my god, my fly's down. <laughs> I hope you didn't get that in the picture. Whiskey, whiskey. The singer's getting sore. We raise the roof now when we're lower in the floor. The band is blistered, but we got a little more. When I say one, two, Welcome to the Whiskey Topic, the weekly podcast that tends to get off topic. My name is Mark Bylock. I'm the author of The Whiskey Cabinet, and my co-host is Jamie Johnson, who runs a private but approachable bourbon club here in Toronto, Canada. You can also find our podcast on the website whiskey.buzz. Welcome to episode 50 of The Whiskey Topic. Yay! We've Ooh. made it, Jamie. We did it. We did 50 episodes. That's awesome. And is it... it is it am I wrong to think this is like our one year like is it our one year of doing this it's it's well, yeah it's like a few days yes it's when a basically is our, when's our when officially our one year I think it's like March 9th was when it came out it's so funny because it's just like I don't know my anniversary like at all yeah, I have no idea like my actual like my proper anniversary <laughs> so like I'll always forget just so you know it's, it's rec- recorded on the internet that's the only reason why I know I like kind of like but I think it's in, in early March um, we were delayed a little bit because I got the flu I was I was yeah. terribly well first you were sick yeah when yeah, we recorded I got the episode forty nine. Yeah, uh, you you basically trailed towards the end of that podcast. Oh you gosh. were just like, I had done. my head on my desk. Like I was, <laughs> I was down for the count. I yeah. was sweating through that episode, man. Yeah, I was not in good shape. And uh, yeah, and thanks, Matt Jones. And um, <laughs> although he was feeling pretty miserable um, too. And then I I don't know which one of us, me or Matt, gave you um, the flu, but. Yeah, you but, suffered with it pretty badly. And so I was down. So I even editing the podcast didn't happen. Everything else, I just I was out. I was yeah, completely you were down. down. You were laid low. And this is going to be really the. I've had, I've had a few glasses of whiskey. Um, I've tried, and I'm just like, no, I'm too sick. I'm too sick. So um, going from having had no whiskey since becoming sick, now we're doing. Um, I figured for a theme, I'm like, what, what are we going to drink for our 50th oh episode? And what's the thing that we talk about all the time? All the time. Barrel proof. Barrel proof cast whiskey. Strength. Cast strength whiskey. The love is documented. It absolutely is. So we have every single, we have seven bottles. Um, all seven bottles are seven bottles that I have in my cabinet that are cast strength. And that brag about being cast strength. There's yes. a few things that I have that are like, well, I know they're almost cast strength. Right. But no, 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 no. It has to say barrel proof, cast oh, yeah. strength on it. Um, it has to be out in the open and, uh, we're, we're going from, um, really a strategy here is from lightest to strongest. Okay. Um, so we're going to, we'll introduce the, um, we'll introduce the first whiskey in a sec, but why don't you tell us what we have planned? Cause I'm really excited about the award show. Oh yeah. So, so we decided because there's been lots of award shows lately, um, that we were going to do our own awards, a little, a little celebration of, um, 50 episodes. Um, and we're, oh my God, <laughs> oh my God, Mark just brought in balloons. <laughs> I can't believe you did it. Oh my God. Oh my God, you're the best. Oh my God. I would scream if it wouldn't trigger a coughing fit. Yay. <laughs> the dogs are like, what? The dogs are freaking out. Yay. Look, you even got helium ones. I know. Can I have them? Thank you. <laughs> this is so exciting. Oh my God, my whole life is complete. Guys, 
This is very exciting for me. I haven't had real balloons like this in a long time. Like proper ones with helium in them. <laughs> oh. Yay! What a treat. I was like, where is Mark going? Is he literally going to the bathroom in the middle of my chat here? Like what's happening? <laughs> this is so exciting. Yes, Yay, actual... thank you, Mark. You actually got me balloons. You went out in your sickness and everything. I, I, I waited outside just... the, uh, you know, what's a balloon? So uh, helium is a resource that's running out. Well, thank God we got these now. <laughs> um, and, and I called. I'm like, do you guys, so there, there's like a balloon place. I'm like, Dude, this is what you do. They're oh like, my God. yeah. And I walk up, like, like knock on the door. Like the door's not even open. It's just like a factory. And it's like a little tiny shop. Eventually they let you in and they blow up balloons. <gasps> And I didn't realize they had stars until the end. I'm like, oh my God, you got star balloons. Oh my gosh, you got me star balloons. You're the best whiskey friend ever. You're the best friend ever. Thanks, Mark. Oh. It's been such a nice 50 episodes, and this is just the best. <laughs> I'm just going to put them right next to me. There you go. There we go. There you go. Um, so what was I saying? What was I talking about? Oh, we're doing our own little whiskey awards that um, I'm sure all the distilleries and um, all the like the brands are just going to like clamor for recognition yeah. from us. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah, oh yeah. They're going to send their reps over to, you know, to accept these awards. And, and you know, we're going to take this very seriously as well. It's very uh, serious. This is not going to be any silly award show. I'm um, super excited. Look, I'm next to balloons. <laughs> James just keeps staring oh, at the I'm balloons. I'm thrilled right now. Oh my gosh. I honestly didn't think you'd get balloons because you're feeling so crummy. You're the best. Oh, look at that. Look at that. Yay. <laughs> this is exciting. Now I get to hug balloons. Yay. Yeah, so we're very, we're very excited about that. We're going to do, a, we're gonna do a bit of an award show. Uh, we're going to talk about all the whiskey we're drinking. Uh, we're going to have to go through them pretty quickly because there's seven. And so, you know, we're going to have to keep pace on that. Yeah, Mark's like, we have to drink one every eight minutes. So I guess we got to get going here. <laughs> um, yeah, so our first one. Why don't I introduce my first one? Um, so the first one that I'm releasing, which I actually just opened, so I don't, um, I haven't had this before. Uh, it's the Aaron uh, Cast Strength 12-year-old whiskey. It's bottled at 52.9%. Now, as we've learned, and I actually, if you guys haven't read the article on whiskey.buzz, um, it was a, I wrote an article about how uh, if you mature, uh, like the vodka experiments or whatever, right. home maturation, uh, why that doesn't, uh, how that differs from uh, barrel maturation, but, the big thing there is, one of the big things in, in that article that I really liked uh, is the differences in climate and how in Kentucky, the one thing mm -hmm. in Kentucky is the proof level actually goes up. Right. And that's unusual, right? Because alcohol evaporates at a lower temperature. It's more volatile. It's more likely to evaporate. Um, so as, you know, as many, as, as you would put it, if alcohol is evaporating, then, you know, water's, you know, already been uh, evaporated. Uh, meanwhile, in Scotland, uh, it's the other way around. Right. Alcohol content goes down, so Correct. Uh, the big race with Scotland is you don't want to have whiskey that's forty percent under forty percent. Right. So you got to bottle it before then. It's right. not whiskey. So um, this is twelve-year-old Scotch, and it's fifty-two point nine percent because, well, frankly, it's mm -hmm. on its way yeah. down. Uh, whereas you'll we'll see with the bourbons, really the uh, the older the bourbon, the the higher proof oh, you're yeah. going to get. Um, generally speaking, I mean, I guess that's not necessarily true. It depends on a lot of things, but but it is going to be higher proof. 
Um, and the whole concept there is that, uh, that I, I look at it as an atmosphere, still smiling. I know, I'm still <laughs> smiling at the balloon, sorry. Yes. But I love the concept of, the, uh, of there being like an atmosphere outside the barrel and inside the barrel and how these things interact. And humidity affects how water evaporates. Right. Um, and what, what, uh, what, and looking at that barrel as a semi-permeable membrane, which is kind of a fascinating, uh, fascinating thought. Anyway, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, so when we go through this list, we've got uh, three scotches, three bourbons, and one whiskey from India. Uh, we'll see how the proof levels change depending on the age. And we'll see how giggly I get by the end of it. Because yeah. I also haven't been drinking that much uh, recently because I'm also still getting over being sick. So this is a test. This, this is a, this is a test of the wills right now. This is definitely going to be uh And I'm all excited because of the balloon, so I'm just going to it's going to be quite the afternoon here. I'm very excited. No, no. Keep keep enjoying the, that. I'm there so it's so much fun. Balloon. You know you're going to have to take them home, right? Today? Yeah. You have to take them home today. They're going to they're going to deflate. What if I come back tomorrow? They're, I think they're uh, they're on a 12-hour warranty, I believe, day-long warranty. What? Yeah. But what if I go out after? What if I do? I have to take take these around with me all night. What yeah. if I go out for drinks? I'll just show up with balloons and be like, "What's up, guys? What's up? What's up? That's how I roll now. This is how I roll. Always with balloons. <laughs> I love them. They're so colorful. Okay, <laughs> calm down, Jamie. They're just balloons. But it's so exciting. <laughs> um, oh my god, I'm trying my best not to cough into this microphone. Yeah, we're still struggling a little bit uh, with our various colds, sadly. Um, so, uh, all right. So, what do we think of this one? Um, so, what do you think? Because I'm, I'm more just because I'm, I'm getting so. For me, I'm getting. I mean, a we're hilarious right now at tasting whiskey because neither of us is our palates are great right now. No, that's true. Um, so I'm excited to get to this like the end over here where it's like big crazy bold because I don't find this to be big crazy bold. No. I don't find this to be like if you gave this to me, I probably wouldn't say like, "Oh, this is for sure cast strength." Like, it's a nice, it's got a nice spice to it, like heat wise. So it's got a nice proof, but yeah, it's got a for me like on the nose, it's interesting because it has like the um, it has that that um, nutty um, dark chocolate licorice kind of profile, which is very nice for like a single malt and. Um, you know, um, aged in new casks. It's uh, aged in, uh, I'm guessing this is uh, first fill uh, bourbon barrels. Um, but uh, having that um, um, having that nuttiness, um, that licorice-ness on that, it's really the nose that's licorice. so interesting. Uh, the palate-wise, yeah, I mean, you're right. It's, it's not overly... Um, I don't find it overly hot. No. But but it's 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 nice. It's um yeah, I mean it's 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 nice. Yeah. Is that all I've got for this maybe? That's I don't I it could it. be. It could yeah. be. I would drink that yeah. just like on a regular old day, like you know, just for a nice sipper. Yeah, it's a pretty, you know, it's pretty rare to have um cast strength um uh scotch, so this is, you know, it's a nice treat to have. Yeah. Um Especially, um, especially one that's this old, um, which mm -hmm. is it's just pretty rare. Um, Aaron's a new distillery, well, relatively new. They've been around since uh, I think '99, um, and so they're making really great whiskeys, and they're really known for their finishes uh, primarily. Mm -hmm. um, but they, um, yeah, they did a great job, and I just picked this up at the LCBO because they had it. I'm like, oh, this is great. What's the price point on that? Uh, Ninety bucks. Nice. <clears throat> that's not bad. <clears throat> the um, 
there, there's, there's a conspiracy going on right now because the uh, LCBO is, um, not a conspiracy rather, but the, the guys said, yeah, pick up all the whiskey you can right now because the prices are going up. Oh my Exchange God. rate, supply, demand. They, I, I, he used like I, three different excuses. But right, like, right, right. It doesn't matter which one. They could just raise prices for no reason whatsoever. Right. <laughs> there was that big article that came out, um, and I can't remember which publication originally ran with it, but it was the like panic. There's a whiskey shortage again. Yeah, again. With this article has come out. I think actually you you mentioned it. I don't know if you mentioned it on your Facebook or your Twitter. You were saying like, this is. This is always sort of like every couple months, like some major publication runs like a yeah. panic piece. Um, and I think people, uh, I saw this one shared pretty heavily though, um, as opposed to some of the other ones. Like, I don't know what well, got, there was just like, there was a crisis in Scotch soon around the corner. Oh, the, the old Scotch crisis. Yes. Yes, the old Scotch crisis. That yes. one is great. That was, um, that was an article CNN did, money.cnn.com. Okay. Um, and I think this is one of those things where like a bunch of, and I, I started reading whether everybody basically in said the same thing. It's, uh, they interviewed, uh, people involved in the whiskey investment business. Right. That's what your point was. Yes. And they interviewed people in the whiskey investment business. Right. And they weren't talking about supplies of barrels. They were talking about supplies of 30 year old scotch bottled already. Right. And so people buy, buy them and how the supplies are really, uh, really uh, become are harmed and so this is going to drive prices up of these older rare bottlings right um i mean it's kind of bullshit it's mostly bullshit it's one of those like who cares drink your whiskey drink your whiskey um please this whole concept of using whiskey as an investment tool was great probably five years ago yeah. when prices were going where you could like buy bottles for 30 bucks and now there were thousands in some cases of right. the you know stags or some b-tacks or whatever um, and that's certainly true with some scotches as well, but come on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. No. And, and I think I saw online, somebody made the point, you know, like there is like an ebb and a flow. And I think we've talked about this before where, you know, when something runs out, there's going to be something else that takes its place. And yeah. like there, you know, we're in this moment where everybody wants whiskey and that's going to fade away eventually. And the new thing is going to come in and it just always goes in a cycle. And so, you know, we're going to be fine. Yeah. Like we're really going to be fine. Please drink your whiskey. It's so infuriating to hear people hoarding bottles and not enjoying it because it's the whole point of, of whiskey is like drinking it. Like, so that's why we're here yeah. in the first place is because like, can you imagine if we were like sitting across from each other with like none of these bottles open, like everything's sealed and we just wanted to talk about it. Like that would be like super boring. Like so boring. you got to get in there and like, you're supposed to drink it with your friends and you're supposed to, you know, so um, open those bottles and share them with us. Yeah. And there's no sh like I, I feel like and all of our friends seem to do this. They're just like, whatever, I bought this bottle. It cost me lots of money. Cracks yeah, it open, no problem. Pours it in. And that's, that's right. That's what it's meant to be. That's like, how it goes. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, um, I was at the restaurant show uh, a couple weeks ago and the brand ambassador for um, Brooklady Reed um, he brought bottles from his own collection for yes. tasting. Yeah, it's amazing, eh? Right? And, like, that's a whiskey person. That's, like, yeah. a proper whiskey person. I was at um, the Ayala Wine Club, uh, which is a wine club here in Toronto, is starting to do uh, whiskey nights, and they invited me to come to their Irish whiskey tasting. Mm -hmm. And they had three different of the Powers uh, whiskeys, including yeah. they had John's Lane there, um, which is not available at all in Canada. Um, and the brand ambassador had brought it back from Ireland on yeah. her last trip and 
opened it up and shared it with the room. So that's what it's all about. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I agree. All right. So what's next? All right. Has next. it been eight minutes? Ding. Ding. All right. So next we have something I think uh, probably many many listeners are familiar with. Uh, Bowmore Tempest. Uh, this is the fifth release, I believe. I guess we should start some awards. Yes. Because we're right. just blathering on about you know like we usually do. I know. I know. All right. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna insert the award show in between here. So. Uh, First, actually, I get, the first one goes to you. You, uh, you tell me. What sure. So um, I would like to present the award for whiskey most likely to make Mark dissolve into a rant to uh, Crown Royal's uh, Northern Harvest Rye. Yes. Yay. Oh. This, if you, so it, like at tastings or at social gatherings, um, someone inevitably asks about Crown. And I can literally like watch Mark's I twitch and just like and then it's like it's all over it's done you better be ready for a rant get settled in everybody because Mark's about to go off um so yeah that's that hey Crown Royal Northern Harvest Rye is cleaning up at the award shows as far as I'm concerned <laughs> this might be the most important award that it's, it's won so far I think it's it's true I um every single whiskey tasting I've done since November has had that question asked yes. and I've answered it a million different ways and every single time I'm just like I just don't want to talk about this anymore and of I course I included it on the podcast last every, week every <laughs> I know it, it seems to make an appearance at least like once a week in the podcast and like in conversation somehow in a yeah um, it, and there was a so our gorgeous prime minister is in the states right now um, on his state visit yes and there they have a cocktail that's called the Canuck and it's made with Crown Royal Northern Harvest Rye. Oh, that's hilarious. And I was like, ooh, Mark's going to be so mad. The bromance between uh, Oh my Trudeau god, it's so Obama. dreamy. I love it so much. I'm really enjoying all these pictures of the two of them like hugging and like standing next to each other and they're both so handsome. It's so great. <laughs> So great to see. Well, to be fair, I don't have anything against Crown Royal North Harvest. I Rye. know you don't. Um, I just you know it's it's just it's been a topic that keeps being uh, repeated <laughs> over and over. Um, but really great whiskey, great price point. Can't yep. say much about it. Um, much much more. It's just um, it's just the, uh, the and the focus it's brought up on, and then the conversations that started about Canadian whiskey in general. I'm very happy about. Um, and um, yeah, so it's a good it's a good start for our conversations. But it has been a conversation. It has been a conversation. Like daily yes. um and and it's so it makes it a little mm. yeah yeah well and it could make you dissolve into your second most famous rant which is diageo anything <laughs> right so it's like a double-edged sword here like you just don't want to go there let's just uh anyways the next award i'll let you introduce. all right um this one you, you definitely have to know a little bit of history of the show to um uh to get this uh, breakfast whiskey, most likely to put Jamie to bed by 1 p.m. Um, now this would be, uh, this is, um, now there's, there's a, maybe a few whiskeys in this category, but there's really one in particular <laughs> when we recorded the Bookers versus Knob Creek uh, <laughs> podcast, and that one we recorded pretty early in the morning. It was like yeah. 10 something in the morning, yeah. and we basically were sipping Bookers and Knob Creek the entire time yeah. um, from different glassware, because, you know, glassware. Oh, God. 
and we showed up at a burger place and had burgers, and Jamie basically went home and, and fell, asleep. fell asleep. So the winner for <laughs> most likely to put Jamie to bed by 1 p.m., it's a tie between Booker's and Knob Creek. Yay! Yay! Congratulations, Jim Beam. Congratulations to Jim Beam for knocking me on my ass. <laughs> I can't imagine what it must have looked like to have the two of us show up, like, pretty lit at, like, 11 o'clock at that burger place and just like shove food in our faces because we've been sipping on like, it was like Knob Creek, was it the single barrel? Like if it was, it might, I don't know if it was, I but can't regardless, yeah. it's like 100 proof, 120 proof, whatever. It's at that point at 10 a.m. it doesn't matter. Yeah. All we've had is like an egg and like half a bagel maybe or a smoothie and some coffee. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, let's like, you know, this will be fine. We're just tasting, no problem. Yeah, you can get drunk off tasting. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> Anyways, so yes, that's a that's a clinch for Jim Beam there. Um, okay, so I'll 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 give out the next one, okay. which is the um, oh boy. Here's breakfast whiskey again. Uh, whiskey most likely to end up in a Kentucky breakfast cocktail. Uh, again, now, are you talking about a breakfast cocktail or the Kentucky cereal breakfast food? Oh, gosh. The fact that we have to differentiate between the two is hilarious. Um, but I do mean a breakfast cocktail. Mm. Like when you're in Kentucky with a bunch of your gentleman friends and you show up to a restaurant before your big Maker's Mark day and everybody's halfway through their first Maker's Mark and ginger. And uh, you're still sweating whiskey from the night before. And uh, you got to get on board. Yeah. So Maker's Mark wins that one. Go Way to go, Maker's Mark. That's, way to go, Beam Centauri. That, Clean it up. Wow, that's uh, two awards so far. Uh-oh. That's amazing. Controversy. Oh, my God, my fly's down. <laughs> I hope you didn't get that in the picture. I probably did. I have no oh idea. Oh, my God. <laughs> we'll have to redo. <laughs> um, yeah, there's going to be a conspiracy now because people are going to be like, wait, you worked at Jim Beam booth oh, last no. week, and now, now all of a sudden Jim Beam's putting all the awards. Um, yep. No, that's right. We were at the, um, at the little diner that's just kind of at the corner where Maker's Mark is. There's like a kitty corn to the distillery. Yep is this little diner it's like the only place to eat in like the whole area yeah that's like that's it everybody goes there we were there before lunch and it's like maker's mark just sort of empties out into this diner um and we were sitting with the master distiller and with jane and it was like super fun yeah um but we got there early of course and um yeah i hadn't even had my coffee yet and i walked in and and there was everybody already drinking Makers, Mark, and Gingers, and I was like, all right. That's the we're way not, it goes. We're not being silly over here. We're just getting right into it. Okay. I just needed coffee, really. That's all <laughs> I wanted, Mark. All you wanted. I I'll know. never forgive you for not giving oh, me coffee that day. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> okay, no, actually, I should, because you brought me balloons, so like, let's call it even. <laughs> let's call it's it. done. I'll shut up about not bringing me coffee because you got me balloons. So I think over. my favorite part still was when I was like, oh, can I have a sip of your coffee? And I don't think you had tasted it yet. And you're like, oh, sure, I was ready Mark. to throw it in your face. Because <laughs> Jamie had finally gotten a coffee uh, and it was just kind of like, I guess it was too warm. So she hadn't had a sip from it yet. And yeah. I'm like, mm, I kind of want a little bit more caffeine. Oh I'm like, Jamie, can I have some coffee? Oh, my God. I was ready to murder you. I was like, okay. Uh, All right. Good times. Good, good times. times. And, uh. Hopefully we'll be back there in September. It sounds like that's the way things are going. Let's, yeah, uh, Ribbon Week. 
Yeah. I mean, it's only appropriate. So we're drinking, uh, now we're drinking Bowmore 10, uh, H10 Years Tempest. It's a uh, first fill of bourbon barrels. Um, so as we know, in Scotland, they reuse barrels typically. Um, so these barrels first were made to use bourbon. Um, a lot of that flavor was taken away. Um, uh, as, as we've uh, heard Nick recently in his uh, thing say, it's good examples like a tea bag. Bur- bur- barrels are like a tea bag. Yep. You, first time you use them, you're going to get a lot of that flavor. Second time is going to be less, fewer flavors. So when in Scotland, when they say first fill, they really mean first fill after it's been made either, you know, either sherry or bourbon or whatever else was made in it. Um, so this is um, a blend of many, uh, many barrels, uh, but it is a small batch release. It's the fifth release of Tempest. Um, and Tempest is a pretty big deal. They, uh, Bomar came out with this um, uh, a bunch of years ago. Uh, and it, it was an immediate hit, like for Scotch drinkers mm-hmm. to have something that's affordable and cast strength. Yep. Um, and, you know, something for first filled bourbon barrels means it's, you know, really good quality. You're going to get a lot of good flavor from it. Uh, really great, uh, great part of their lineup and super affordable. I, you know, I, I've, I usually have Bowmore 12 in the uh, cabinet, but that's usually for guests. I'm like, if I'm on Bowmore, I just drink the cast strength stuff. It's really, awesome. really great. Yeah, I like this one very much. And is it readily available here? Comes and goes, mm. yeah. Mm. But it, it is it is a it is a well distributed product, so you should no matter where you are in the U.S. Uh, here, I'll do a little fun game with you because yeah, I like um, I'll uh, give you an idea of. So we have you know our listenership has grown so much since our first um, since our first episode because I think we had like you know twenty of our best friends listening. That's right. Um, but uh, but it's well that's not that's true. Actually, we had a pretty pretty good listenerships from the start, but uh, we we've grown exponentially since then. Um, but I wanted to give you kind of an idea of geographical hmm. uh, yeah. where things are. So, uh, where do you think our number one country is as far as listenerships go? I think it's the USA. It is indeed. Hey it guys. is indeed. The United States Thanks of America uh, makes up for uh, just uh, just under sixty percent of our listenerships are from Ooh. from the United States. Second place. I would say Canada. Yeah, okay. Canada's in second place. Okay. Now oh, that's boy. that's easy. So Canada accounts for you know just like under fifteen percent. Now, um, I'll, I'll go. What do you think are le- what do you think are we have numbers, but it's like from bottom to top. So hmm. so there's numbers there. People do listen. It's not a lot, obviously. Mm-hmm. It's you know in in the like hundreds, not you know, but uh, right. But it's still surprisingly amount. Hmm. I'm gonna give you. Uh, give me a hint. Well, actually, I can't even. Um, so, Korea. Really? We have listeners in Korea. Hey, guys. Hey, Korea. Hey, Korea. What's up? Uh, Taiwan. Hey, Again, guys. Not many, but there's things. But they're there. Um, and oddly enough, Sweden is like just above that. Hey, Sweden. I. Can we come? Can we come visit you? I would like to go to all these places. I know. No kidding. Um, Germany, Hong Kong, Denmark. Cool. I know United Kingdom, and of course the UK, Australia, and then if you get into kind of the bigger, uh, bigger countries, but I thought, um, as far as being English speaking and you yeah. know po- population wise, but I thought that was neat. I thought like you know like Germany, Sweden, Hong Kong, Taiwan, Korea. That's great. That's awesome. That's so, so nice that everybody's listening. If you guys want to reach out to us, uh, we're on Twitter. Always. Please do. Yeah, please do because it's always fun to to hear from you. We were gonna. I was actually I wanted to say to um, at Mr. Pie. Uh, that you can finally take your dog out for a walk now because we're back podcasting on a regular basis. So um, take your poor dog out. Um, all right. So continuing with our little awards show. Actually, this one, I didn't know. I didn't know what 
uh, whiskey to award this to. So I'll be interested to hear what you think it might be. Okay. And what who I would give it to, because uh, I sort of have an idea. Uh, what, even though we've never had a fight yet, <laughs> me and Mark, not a real one at least. Um, what is the whiskey most likely to cause a fight between Jamie and Mark? <sighs> I'll tell you what I think. All right. I would fight you for Elmer Chili. <laughs> I would physically fight you. Like, if you and I showed up to the LCBO, like, at the same time and, like, walked through the doors at the same time and, like, made, like, a beeline for the bourbon section at the same time and there was one bottle of Elmer Tilly on the shelf and, like... Like both of us like reach for it at the same time. Like I would, I would fight you. Like I would, you yeah, would, like, I would be physical. Shoving. Yeah, I totally would, a hundred percent. I would. And the thing, the thing is, is like even though I know you would share it with me because you're a very good whiskey sharer, and I am as well. I still think that I'd fight you for it. Like I really awesome. would. That's probably my answer. So Aww. yay, Elmer, you Elmer. won an award from my perspective. But I'm curious to hear what do you think. Um, I think, <laughs> I think that the closest you've come to hitting me is over the Dalwini 15. So, I, oh, so yes! I would say, I would say the Dalwini 15, uh, came closest to blows <laughs> when, uh, uh, we did a blind tasting and Jamie picked Dalwini 15 as her favorite. Of course, oh. the history be- being here is she was, uh, working, uh, some whiskey shows and a bunch of dudes, a bunch of bros were like, yeah, what's the best whiskey? And she's like, oh, I like this. Like, no, 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 Delwini 15. That's the best, that's the best Swiss scotch ever. That's oh just the best gosh. whiskey ever. Like, and so this has happened to Jamie a couple of times. Yeah, it was like a spate of yeah. them in like a very short period of time where every dude bro was telling me Delwini 15 was the whiskey, like best whiskey ever. Yeah, and I didn't do, I honestly did not do this on purpose, but, uh, you know, two months later, like I honestly didn't, but two months later I was doing a tasting and I was looking as doing a tasting between uh, three different 14 to 15 year old single malt scotches. I had the Aaron 14 there, the Dalwini. I don't know. I think I had a, a Mortlock rare breed. I was doing a mm-hmm. 215 and a, and a, not rare breed, a Mortlock uh, rare cast or whatever and a non-age statement. I was doing that comparison. And Jamie was like the only one at the table that was just digging Dalwini 15. Oh she, man. She's digging it. And then that, that I couldn't you let. You gloated so hard. So oh hard. my yeah. gosh. It was painful how happy you were. <laughs> you were, as soon as I said it, you were like, what? Wait, what? <laughs> and then it was like your face. And I was like, what whiskey did I pick that causes him such glee? I was not being very mature at that moment in time. Yeah. And you were like, oh, I'm so excited about this. I'm so excited about this. And then you went into the next room and you brought out the bottle and I was ready to crack you over the head with it. I was so mad. You were. I felt set up even though I it was a one time like I think that I ever like strayed from the pack too, yeah yeah where like usually like our palettes are pretty like are pretty much in line and like we usually agree um on sort of like you know which ones we like the best and uh this one I was like no I really like this one and then I was like fuck pop fuck pop <laughs> Yeah, that that was yeah, so. that was good. That was good. Yeah, actually, that's a very good answer. So Dalwini fifteen wins a award. Sorry. <laughs> Pop. Pop. Okay. See, these cast strength whiskeys are just starting. The oh. lips are getting looser. Oh, they are. They are. The cork pops are coming out. Um, oh, this one I also didn't know because um, there's a couple whiskeys I think that uh, could win this award. But I actually, I, I want to hear what you think first for this one. The award for whiskey most likely to make Mark slur 20 minutes into a podcast recording. 
20 minutes in. I mean, like, yeah. you know, 15 to 25 minutes. Well, I would say the whiskey that got me slurring the most in any podcast is the one that I recorded with Glenn, right? Oh, my gosh. Was that Four Roses? That was Four Roses Single Barrel OESK. Yeah. I love like that podcast. 60-something percent. I was slurring with it. I, well, well, you both were drunk, I think, when you... We were, we were bar hopping and we yeah. recorded them, like, yeah, after yeah. midnight in a hotel room when they, you know, when we got back and, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that, that was some good slurring that you yeah. guys had going on there. I really enjoyed that podcast episode. <laughs> it was a real treat for me to listen to that one. You guys were really funny. Um, so, yes. Should we pour our next whiskey? Yes, we shall. Because it's... We're, I didn't hear our eight-minute timer go off or anything. No, but. no. So this next one I'm really excited about because um, it might be my favorite cast-drank scotch. Oh, it's you such a s- nuisance to open. Do you want me to try? Okay. So you gotta. Yeah, these um, oh. these wax seals, man. I know they look cool, but they're and they're only hard to get. But well, when, when they don't happen, the... yeah. Sorry again, swears. It's just swearing. I gotta, I gotta wipe it here. It's fine. Oh wait, I think. Right. Look at, see, this is what happens. Now that I get fixated on it, and I can't let it go. It's like, it's. I'm like, no, I gotta, I gotta. I gotta get this bottle open at all costs. Yeah, it's like this. Um, the, the the wax seals are pretty cool, and I like them for an aesthetic reasons. I think they make uh, they look great, and I think the way Maker's Mark does it is is nicely done. You know, it presents a nice bottle, but it is sometimes annoying to get into. Uh, I agree. Um, I like totally like. Uh, gone for like to open up one of those bottles and just like shred it underneath my fingernail right because it's like i just get really upset when i can't get into a whiskey nice yes so this is the avalar abunad this is a beautiful cast strength now you just open this bottle so i'm curious my bottle is like a nice sort of halfway finished um yeah so these are released in batches as well so um and it's interesting so i I, we probably have covered this on the podcast before but it's worth repeating um whiskeys have different batch numbers so i mentioned uh, tempest was at batch number five and so these are relatively larger batches um the abrilar abunda um now this has been matured in spanish aloroso cherry butts butts (laughs) <laughs> um, so the um, so now we're gonna get a richer, kind of sweeter um, um, uh, whiskey. And what we've learned, which I think was pretty cool, what we learned when we had the master of wood here from McAllen on the podcast, um, is he told us that the and it made sense that he's the reason why you get a darker color from sherry uh, oak or from European oak is because it's used to age sherry and mm-hmm. sherry has less alcohol, dissolves the lining of the walls, doesn't dissolve as quickly as something like bourbon would. Right. So it doesn't take as much flavor from the barrel. Um, and so you're gonna have a darker whiskey cause there's more flavor left in the barrel. Um, in this case, um, and this is batch number 53. Um, so they release, mm-hmm. uh, smaller, uh, batches and, uh, they net number them. So uh, you, you know, your batch may vary from what we're drinking if you have this, but I would, if you're a, if you're a scotch drinker, um, hmm. this is, uh, sorry, if you're a bourbon drinker, this is, this is the scotch to buy. Oh, for sure. Uh, it's, it's, it's pricier. It's going to be like double the price of a, 
of a Booker's or yeah, it's maybe maybe not quite double the price of a Booker's, maybe double the price of like a, a Blanton's or something. But uh, um, I think it stands up wonderfully in that in that range. Yeah. No, I like this one. This is really um, this is interesting because it's very different from the one that I have at home. It's also we just opened the bottle. Um, I I find this one like a little uh, drier than the one that I have at home, a little oakier. Um, uh, less sort of like sweet fruits and mine seems a little hotter. Um, I can't off the top of my head recall what batch I have or what proof level it's at. Um, but it's such a great whiskey. I really love this, this one. I, I'm a fan of Aberlauer. Um, and I, I, I like the, the 12. I like this one. Um, I'm, I'm a, I'm a big fan. Um, this one is definitely my favorite though. Like, as a bourbon drinker, this one appealed to me like right off the bat. What do you think of this one? Oh, love it. it is super dry, dark chocolatey, cherry, um, molasses-y. Yeah. Um, wonderful. It um, it's it's really dry on the finish. Mm-hmm. It's it's like. I see. Mine feels like uh, the one that I have at home from memory. Um, I don't think it's quite as dry as this one. Yeah, yeah. It's like a little sweeter. It's got a little longer, but I I like dry, like whiskeys. I like nice tannic whiskeys as well. Yeah. So like, this is a beautiful whiskey. Basically, um, if you can't, you know, if you like your stags, yes, um, yes, exactly. This is probably the this is probably the scotch for the you. Scotch equivalent, um, yeah, and for sure. it's well, like I said, relatively affordable, and and you can find. I mean, it's it's yep. it's uh, it's relatively available. Um, Great, you know, one of those things that I should just always have in the whiskey cabinet. Um, very good. This is delicious. I love this one. I might not dump this out. It's making my face a little hot, though. <laughs> I bet, bet it is. Hello. I bet it is. So the um, next award oh, yes. we is finish up these awards. whiskey most likely to make Jamie meet a stranger in a strange town to buy. Now, let me repeat that. The whiskey most likely to make Jamie meet up with a stranger in a strange town to procure said whiskey. Um, I'll give you guys a moment because <laughs> you, you might want to go back to episode I don't know one or two I think <laughs> we talked about this um, this would have been great we should have like just done a live podcast and said yes people would get that's this. right so the winner is the winner is and it's in this lineup today uh, Colonel E.H. Taylor's Barrel Proof yes yes this whiskey for me and um this will go into like a little, we get into a little personal thing here, but like this whiskey to me was sort of the first whiskey that like totally blew me away in a way that I sort of, I'd had some really great whiskeys to taste, um, with Dixon at Mm -hmm. his tastings. Uh, but having this one sort of was like, it was a game changer for me essentially. Um, the first whiskey I really would go out of my way to find. Um, and I had no problem just like opening it up like right away. Um, <laughs> but so I have a very, very soft spot in my heart for Colonel E.H. Taylor Barrel Proof, uh, which we cannot get at all here in Canada. Um, I mean, the Taylors come through our sort of special ordering system and they're not, they're not on lottery like, you know, the Van Winkles are or anything, but uh, you got to sort of be on your toes if you want to get any. Uh, and it's never sort of included the barrel proof. I don't think it's super, super easy to find um, in the States either. But this whiskey just makes my heart go pitter-pat. And I have a very, 
like personal. What was the first whiskey that you ever sort of like was a game changer for you? Oh, uh, that's a great question. I, you know, it goes so far back, right? I know. Um, um, I, it must it was probably the in the Highland Park range. I think I'm pretty mm. sure it was uh, like Highland Park 12, or um, uh, what was that? What else was I was drinking back then? Um, it, it probably was around in, in that area. Um, mm. First, um, yeah, I, I would say Highland Park was my, my kind yeah. of first whiskey. I kind of woke up to uh, doing tours for me was uh, Belvini. Uh, right. distillery would have been the, uh, sure. the, the opening moment. Uh, but whiskey wise, yeah, I, I used to, cause I used to, when I was in my, uh, in my twenties, I would just buy a bottle of scotch and, and back then the LCBO really only had scotch and right. had like very little bourbon selection. Um, and I just buy a bottle and it would take me two or three months to drink it. And I would just drink it and I'd buy another one. And that's right. how I got into whiskey. Um, and so I would always just buy something different. And back then there wasn't really a lot of information online and I didn't buy any books cause yeah. You weren't that interested in it yet. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And uh, so I just buy bottles based on what they look like. Um, and mm-hmm. um, and so that was it. That was That's why I think I still like talking about the way a bottle looks. Um, oh, me too. I agree. It, it's part of, it's, it has nothing to do with the flavor, obviously, and everything else, but it is part of that aesthetic uh, and, and part of that, the, the romance of serving somebody whiskey and what the bottle looks like and what it represents. It's, it's part of that experience. Yeah part of the social experience yeah. not part of the drinking experience but it is part of the social experience um so very much uh so that was it that was uh, and i think highland park was kind of the one that i was like oh i like this it's got you know more smokier notes more this more that um but i you know what this, the weirdest thing about being like older is i don't i didn't i didn't always have a cell phone with a photo with a camera right. so i didn't always take photos of everything i drank that's right um sure the last eight years of my life are perfectly well documented on my phone yeah um but before that i had like a silly flip phone that had no camera because nope. why would i mean you? why would you have a camera yeah, yeah. it's ridiculous although i did have a razor a pink razor oh yeah the and pink razor yeah. i had of course i had the pink razor i loved that phone more than anything i still have it actually but they didn't have a camera though it, the pink razor had a camera oh, a good. crappy little <laughs> sorry pop pop <laughs> I'm just excited to be back in the like loop, you guys. I'm just excited to be drinking again and podcasting again. It feels like we've been so like off schedule that I'm just excited. And there's balloons. I can't even deal. Uh, so I keep swearing. Um, but yeah, no, I had the pink razor and it had a little, uh, had a little grainy camera. But nice. you never thought of like documenting any of this stuff. No, no. no. So I'm, I'm really curious. I, I'm, I've, I don't know how to find, you know, how to find what I used to be drinking. That's interesting. I know maybe, said, you're, maybe you're not meant to know. Maybe, maybe it would be embarrassing for you. Maybe. Maybe, maybe. you drank a lot of Dell when you were 15. I, I will tell you one thing, though. I'll, I will tell you one thing that I think you'll find funny. Let me just make sure I get the distillery name correctly. Yes. Um, the one thing I will say is the first bottle of whiskey to ever disappoint me. <laughs> yes. Oh, boy. Um, and I believe this is a Diageo product. Oh, I'm my God. Of course. <laughs> um... Yeah, uh, so it was the Longmorn, um, a Longmorn distillery um, has a single malt. And I, I don't remember this exact story, but they used to have a 16-year-old whiskey that was very well well received. Um, and, it, and it was a more affordable brand. And what they did is they took that 16-year-old, made it into 15-year-old, or vice versa, I can't remember. Okay. But they started, they upped the price by 30%, put it in a, like a nice box and had like leather trim on the top or whatever else. And I remember buying this. I'm like, oh, this is, you know, this is going to be expensive buy for me. I think it was like a hundred bucks at the time. And I, so I bought that. I'm like, 
really not digging this, really not digging this. And uh, then I did some research on it, and then it was like, yeah, Diageo, blah, blah, blah. Oh, gosh. The Emirate bottle is like a mini E.H. Taylor bottle. Um, yes, I feel like you you have like maybe this is, this is like you're having a moment right now and you're uncovering your where your deep-seated hate of Diageo comes from, and you just have to like, you have to make peace with them. And, and to be fair, I mean, I don't hate Diageo. No, I just don't. Um, they were very nice to me when I was they're, writing the book. They, and I, I was, that's right. And they're very well represented in your, in your cabinet and your, are, you know. and I've done tastings with the Azure products all the time. Um, you know. and some of like, some of their like, you know, like and Talisker's oh and Dolanese are my favorites. Some of, of my course. favorite little scotches. We um, just like to have a little gag here. I know you. we do inside jokes. It's important to have inside jokes. You know, jokes. that's right. It's like Glenford's hate of Maker's Mark. Yes, that's true. Because yes. actually, in in reality, he loves it. He drinks it every oh, night. Oh, I know. You come over his he house. He drinks it. I know. He's got like those big one liter bottles. It's just like and he makes my hands with Maker's Mark too, which I thought was very bizarre. He Why? Just, it's I, everywhere. I know. It's like know. on his bedside table. He's just all. Do you like, see the yeah the lamp the bedside lamp yes. Maker's Mark lamp yeah ah yeah. oh, Glenford Glenford sorry we we, we uh, busted you yeah sorry about that Glenford whoops oops your your deep love for. Uh, Maker's Mark is right out there now. <laughs> All right, so this next one is the Amrit. Mm-hmm. Do we adequately uh, describe the Aberlauer experience? I think so. I think, I think so. so. Yeah. Okay, great. So Amrit. Moving along moving to along. number four. Number four. Cast strength. All we're, right, we got this. Yeah, we're, we're a little behind schedule here, Jane. Well, okay, we got to go. All right. Um, Amrit. Peated Indian single malt whiskey aged in oak barrels, cask strength, 62.8%. Yeah, we're moving up the range. So that, that probably hasn't been aged for very long. Um, yeah, Amrut Distillery. So that's located in Bangalore where it's ridiculously hot. Um, the, the challenges for them is the evaporation rate. So we talked about how in Kentucky uh, you have the water will actually evaporate quicker and uh, proof levels will go up. Uh, which is unusual, but that's the but because of the humidity or the low humidity levels, that's how it is. Um, Scotland tends to be very rainy, um, and so you're definitely going to have more alcohol evaporate, which is usually the norm. Um, in Amrut, it's both humid and incredibly hot. Evaporation rates mm-hmm. are insane. You'll you'll get um, you know you'll get about um, you know ten to eleven to twelve percent evaporation versus like kind of mm-hmm. one to four depending on other climates. Um, and so Amarut peated uh, whiskey uh, typically has uh, malted barley from uh, Scotland that's mm-hmm. been that's been smoked peated, and then the rest is uh, malted barley from India. Uh, and this is the single uh, this is the cast strength version essentially of their Amarut fusion, and is a way of looking at it. That has got some heat. Hello. Yeah. So this is our, the how, what's their percentage of It's 62.8%. Uh, All right. So, so that's just a nub, nudge above 59.7 of the Abelar. Yeah. This is, um, it's great though. I really like this one. I remember always liking this one. Oh yeah. It's really good. The yeah. balance is really, really nice on it too. It's, uh, I would say this is the first one that's kind of hitting us on all across the palette. It's kind of yeah. hits, it starts really bright and strong and through the middle, it's got that vibrant, zesty um, spiciness to it. And then that finish kind of settles in a little bit. It gets mm-hmm. drier and mm-hmm. uh, sweeter, and that kind of that sweetness kind of settles on the tongue. It's, um, it covers the palate completely in, in a very equal way, but like in three stages. Yeah. Uh, three distinct stages. So I say um, um, it's definitely not a one-note whiskey. It gives you no. a lot of range of flavor. Complex, for yeah. sure. No, it's really nice. I like this one. 
There we go. Is that my new profile picture? Maybe, maybe. It's so funny because like when I, when the balloons are here, I can I can't I can't hear. I can only hear out of one ear. <laughs> the They're balloons so are close. actually blocking. I know. <laughs> amazing, amazing. I'm so happy right now. You're actually using the pillow as a balloon as a pillow. I just like. I know it sounds silly, but they just make me so happy. Oh boy, Trent's gonna have to buy himself uh, one of those um, one of those like helium, helium canisters. Yeah. For sure. You can rent them. I'll send them the contact. I thought it was something that we couldn't afford to use anymore. No, we can. It's just, you know. We just got to be careful. It's they just within just 10, 20 years, it's going to oh, be done. Okay. I'll probably be dead by then. I assume there's a giant conspiracy behind that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I was waiting for conspiracy. I've only heard you say conspiracy like four times in this podcast episode oh. so far. I'm just well, kidding. But yeah, no, it's um, it's interesting. Helium is actually interesting that the, it's, the U.S. has a giant reserve of helium, and it's withering away. But they're using, but they're not letting supply and demand dictate the cost of it. So it's coming out at a very it, the levels aren't going up, even though the supply is decreasing rapidly. Um, so it's an huh. interesting concept because normally, like with any other substance, like gold or right. di- well, diamonds are terrible because diamonds are everywhere. It just they're artificially high, pressed high. Um, but it's just an interesting. It's an interesting concept where there's like low supplies. Basically, it's the opposite of bourbon. Right. It's like, there you go. Put it into whiskey words. Exactly. It's like if this was, um, if if we were, uh, if this was happening to bourbon, we'd still be drinking $20 uh, Blantons and we'd be so happy. That's helium. $20 Blantons. Wow. That's actually a really good way to put it. But the only other way, the only difference is once helium runs out, it's gone. So do we need helium like to live? Just like for medical stuff. For medical, but maybe. But very small amounts, like small, small amounts. So when they make a, I think it's MRI machines or something. Okay. Um, they oh, need right, a little, yes. little bit of helium. We talked about this uh, yeah. before, yes. Um, but that's it. So it's not like okay. it needs a large amount. So yeah, I guess nothing I mean, I change. hope somebody's working on this. Like, do we need to call somebody and say, know, like, is somebody working on an alternative to helium listener, in the MRI? Uh, like, yeah. somebody, somebody call somebody. Yeah, seriously. I mean, that, Also, I like, if they have, like, a little extra for balloons... <laughs> That would be nice too. Just a little extra. Just a little extra. Just for happiness purposes. Just to make people happy. Uh, Now I think of all those balloons who's like they've been like sent off into the universe. Mm -hmm. Right? You know when you go to kids' parties and like there's always balloons that like fly off into the air? Think of all the waste. I know. I know. You use that helium. Oh well. For MRI machines. Like, oh, sorry, kid. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, no, I'm thrilled about these balloons. Excellent. Anyways, okay, so those are those are our awards. We're, we, we, we did our award show. We did a great job. We did. Okay. <laughs> There's that cast strength whiskey coming through. Hello. <laughs> we still have three more bottles. Oh, man. Perhaps I should dump this one out. Oh. There we go. Okay, James, you're fine. So we're, we're going to be moving on to um, our bourbons. Yeah, um, here we go. First one was actually left behind by Matt Jones. Thank Thanks, you, Matt. Matt. Um, it is, and Jamie, you'll have to tell me what it is because it's the Booker's special release. Yep. Um, the Oven Buster Batch. It is 127 proof. Hmm. That's no joke. Nope. Age six years, five months, and 20 days. All right. There we go. Uh, we love our bookers. Um, it's not easy to get a handle on. No. Um, but 
Actually, I think I have about the same amount at my house as well, and I think it's from Matt Jones as well. Um, and I'm just like a huge fan of Booker's. Yeah, I um, I think um, you know, between Booker's and Stag Junior, I'm I'm usually lean towards Booker's, mm. um, and it's a just great oak bomb of a high yeah. proof, crazy yeah bourbon. Getting a lot more sour notes on this uh, release. Oh, for sure. Like, wow. I actually found that with the one that I have as well. Mm. And mine is also one of the, the special release series. Okay. Um, and I do find it's got that that uh, vinegariness mm-hmm. to it. Yeah. It's like the sourness. And then that kind of like, um, I always like, only because um, uh, uh, old granddad has that nuttiness to it. I always right. find that so that, that underneath that sourness, you get a lot of that nuttiness. Um, that is dry, those. dry, dry. So unlike the previous one that kind of hit you on three layers, <laughs> right. on three levels, this one just went boom, boom. Yeah. And then yeah. dried out. Yeah. yeah. It dried that's out a, really. It's like, a, that's a punchy. A, that's a punchy. Oh, yeah. Okay. So so here's a question. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there is this this series uh, that came out uh, of Buster Batch, and they've got a, a bunch of different ones. Um is this different from Booker's original, or should I save that question for Matt Jones? No, yeah, or, that's that's right. Um, so this one had uh, went through that seasoning process, right? Similar to like a forty six, uh, like a forty six, okay, uh, which is the same thing as um, Taylor's uh, new weeded one, uh, the seasoned, seasoned wood? wood. Seasoned oak is that what? It, seasoned yeah. wood. I can't remember what it's called. Um, probably because we'll never see it. So I just got irritated and navigated away from the internet page that told me about a new Taylor I'll never get to try. <laughs> Taylor's Seasoned Oak Bourbon Review. Yeah, t- Taylor's Seasoned Oak, um, which is an interesting concept. So um, a lot of a uh, little bit of controversy on that one, too, mm-hmm. because people are um, noting that it's a weeded whiskey, um, uh, but it's part of the Taylor brand. So it's kind of like, you know. Yeah, that's very true. Um, so it's an interesting, uh, Chuck, uh, was the one that brought that up. He wrote, he wrote a blog post, we'll link to it in the show notes where he's like, this is the only brand he could think of that where the weeded, um, mash bill mm-hmm. was the same brand as the rye and the bur- as the regular bourbon type. Uh, mm-hmm. cause you look at maker's mark, it's a weeded, yep. you could pappy, it's a weeded, you could right. weller, it's a, you know, so, um, and I think there were a couple of exceptions to that with some, some smaller productions, but for the right. most part. Um, so the, uh, interesting, so this is, you know, really becoming a big deal in, uh, in Kentucky is this whole concept of seasoned oak, yep. um, you know, treating it with, with certain seasons, chemicals and that kind of thing to bring mm-hmm. out certain flavors and kind of the spiciness and, and, and everything else. Um, and it does kind of trick the senses cause you can have a younger whiskey and, and have it had more volume of flavor. And I think that's great. Like it, it tastes, yeah. it tastes wonderful. Like it's, it's, it brings in good flavors and. Maker's Mark 46 does that very well. So, For sure. You know, uh, which is available in limited quantities in Ontario. Mm-hmm. I heard. It's back. It's back. It's back. Good luck finding it. Oh, this is really nice. The, um, there, there, there's, um, there's definitely, um, um, Oh, I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. There's that flavor that kind of hangs on the tongue. It's again, a little bit more like licorice or uh, but thing, but it's the dark chocolate and cherry and oh yeah, dry, 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 dry wine. That's nice. Yeah. That just disappears. That's lovely. And it's all with that nuttiness on the side. 
um, which is very, you know, if you look, if you look at nuttiness, um, that's old granddad. Um, but it's usually, you know, that, that Jim Beam portfolio will have tend towards it a little bit. Probably has to do with the East strain. I don't know. Matt, Matt Jones can correct us if we're wrong. He will too. Yeah, he will. He will. He'll, he'll <laughs> call me tomorrow. For sure. He's listening right now. You can <laughs> tell. Hey, Maddie. Hope you're feeling better. <laughs> yeah, we're pouring the next one. We're catching we're pouring, on yeah. up. Yeah, I'm not messing around anymore. <laughs> Especially since this is my this is my lady right here. This is my. That's right. We uh, it's been ordered by proof level, so uh, this is. Oh, the... I gave yeah, I gave you a lot. It's all good. <laughs> but um, this is gonna be the Taylor barrel proof, and this is this is Jamie's jam, as she talked about. This is like I have a lot of feelings about this one. So, well, Jamie, why don't you tell us about, like, your whiskey club and how did that come across? Yeah. Like, this come a, about? Yeah. Thanks. So, um, so basically, um, I mean, it sort of goes back a little bit and, like, I might have told the story before, so forgive me. Um, but I was traveling back from Florida and ended up... Um, Trent and I like to do road trips, and so mm-hmm. we were we were driving back from Florida instead of flying, and uh, ended up sort of going to like the Jim Beam Distillery on like a whim, and we'd always we sort of liked classic cocktails, and we sort of um, were like, oh well, like let's go try some bourbon. So we went to Jim Beam, did the tour, and this is before it was refurbished, so this is the old Jim Beam Distillery, um, uh, and we sort of like loved it, and we were like, oh let's. Um, let's like make a plan to come back to Kentucky and like whatever and like do the bourbon trail like the, uh, and so we did actually, it wasn't even just one of those things where you're like, Oh, like let's go to Kentucky one day. And we actually like managed to get back to Kentucky to do all these, uh, distillery tours. And we stayed at the Beaumont Inn um, in Harrodsburg. Um, and I'm sure you've heard me talk about Dixon a few times here. Um, James so- Beard winner. James Beard winner, Dixon Deadman. Um, makes his own whiskey. Who makes Kentucky Owl. He's doing great. Um, at Old Owl or The Old Owl on Twitter. We'll link to it in the show notes. Um, but we did a tasting with him and just sort of was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Like, this is, there's so much information. There's so much to talk about. Like, this stuff is so dynamic. Like, it's great in a cocktail, yes, but like, oh my gosh, there's history, there's, um, like, not even just history of the distillery, there's history of the country, there's, like, there's so much that goes into this, and it's so, uh, such an interesting spirit that I sort of was like, well, I want to do this when I go home, Mm -hmm. and so when we got home from Kentucky, I invited a bunch of friends over and forced them to come over with a bottle each, I told everybody what to bring, I was like, you bring a Buffalo Trace, you bring Four Roses, you bring Knob Creek, and we're going to talk about them. And uh, by the third one, I couldn't fit everyone in my living room. And I had to start hosting them sort of outside. And then people started asking uh, if I could come to, like, their office and do, like, a tasting or whatever. (coughs) And uh, it just sort of grew out of there. So, like, it's so easy to do, like, a whiskey club. Like, essentially, like, Mark, you have a whiskey club that you host tastings, like, basically once a month. Right. And it's just like this organic thing that happens where a bunch of people get together and they talk about whiskey. Um, yours is very organized in terms of like you have like a, a 
you know, an agenda, an agenda. Yeah. Yeah. Basically you're like, this is what I want to do, or this is what I want to prove, or like, this is sort of what I'm interested in learning. But it can be as simple as like just asking each of your friends to bring a different bottle over. Um, and then, or asking your friends to do a little research on each bottle that they're bringing over and everybody will present their own bottle. If you're a nerd like me and you want to be controlling of everything, then, um, then you're the one that's going to host the whole thing. Right. <laughs> I was like, everybody bring the bottle, but I'm going to talk about them. Right. Don't worry. It's fine. <laughs> I got this. Um, but yeah, no, so that's sort of like how bourbon thing happened. And now we've got like over a hundred members, which is great. Um, and we do tastings about once a month. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really accessible, easy to come to club. You can just sort of like show up, um, with zero knowledge and feel like it's just a fun night out. Yeah. No pressure. Yeah. Yeah. Because I will say the first time I came to a whiskey tasting with Mark at Matt Mark's house, it was like literally the second time we'd ever met. Cause the first time Mark and I met was at bourbon thing. And then I literally like messaged him the next day and was like, let's go for drinks. And then by the next week I was at Matt Mark's house with like a group of people that I'd never met before. And now they're all my friends. That's <laughs> the way it works. And now look at us. And now you bought me balloons and we've been away together. We've shared a house and <laughs> shenanigans. So yeah, so that's bourbon thing. That's how I started to get into whiskey. And, um, and this, uh, this E.H. Taylor mm. really, uh, it resonates with me. Top five. You know, it's um, it is considering that it's the higher proof one, um, and it's it's not as punchy on. It's not. It's it's a. It tastes lighter. It tastes like it's less proof than it is. Yeah. Um, as far as alcohol goes, you're not you're not gonna get that high, high zap of of alcohol fumes. Um, but you do get all that flavor, which I yeah. think is what I really like about this. Yeah. It's um high on alcohol, which is fine. That's expected, but you don't necessarily taste it. Um, but you do taste every single bit of that flavor coming through. Uh, wonderful yeah, drink. It's a mouthful. Um, yeah, I am. Um, like I, I would love to try this next to you know something like a stag or, yeah. or, th- or things like that because I think it's um, it would do. Uh, I think it would do very well. It's mm-hmm. um, I, I think it's great. I I'm happy to have it. I'm happy it's a little bit more accessible as well. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, and I will actually pour out. Well, we have stag junior here. Yeah. Um, but so when did you start drinking whiskey? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I started drinking when I was probably like 18, 19, 20 in that range. It was for sure when you were 19 because you wouldn't break the law. That's like right. That. that would be illegal. Um, uh, but, yeah, no, that was that was that was it. And I um I, I've always been, you know, I've always enjoyed writing. And um, so I started writing about whiskey uh, really several years ago. And I uh, Spotlight Toronto was a website uh, here in, um, that features mostly food and wine culture. But. Um, uh, my friend that runs that Suresh Shadas, he was, uh, he's like, Hey, you should definitely write about whiskey for the blog. And that's what I started doing. Um, and, uh, my concept there was very simple. It was called, um, the whiskey cabinet and it was me spending a certain amount of money every month. Uh, and what I would buy, uh, primarily focused at, at, with the LCBO since I live in Ontario, uh, what whiskeys to buy that month. Mm-hmm. And so I would release two articles a month, um, in, in that kind of budget, kind of what to buy currently type of thing. And it did very well. And I got, you know, I started writing for like airport magazines and stuff that like print magazine, stuff like that for, for the most part. 
Um, but the concept really stuck. I think that people really liked the concept. I was getting a lot of good feedback. Um, the most amazing thing about writing, though, is um, about whiskey is the experiences you get and the opportunities you get from that. Uh, so for me, it wasn't so much, you know, I never made money writing about whiskey early on. I mean, in fact, I... They spent so much more on buying whiskey, right? Um, and, and you know, you, you you know, you think early on, oh, you'll get free whiskey. Um, not that I ever thought that, but like people have asked me, well, at least you got free whiskey. I'm like, well, well. I got all the like ten and twelve year old single malt scotch you can think of, so that's that's fine. I've got some, but it's not like you know, you don't get. Yeah. Nobody's promoting to you the stuff that's that you want to drink, right? right? They want to promote the stuff that's selling very well. Of course. Um, and so, but then I started traveling, uh, related to whiskey and I was like, this is, this is, this is big. Like i I'm having experiences I couldn't otherwise have. Um, you know, Jamie and I, you've done, we've done these trips together as well. It's like you, uh, you really do have, you know, that's where that knowledge really starts to build up. Um, and I think the difference is, and it's important to always look at everything critically. So you can't, you know, travel somewhere and just take everything as gospel. You have to ask questions and you have to do your own research and you can't just, you can't just be a mouthpiece of whatever you're being told. Right. Um, so when I got the book deal, the my biggest challenge was like, okay, everything that I've heard, now let's challenge this and challenge everything that I've, you know, uh, was told. Um, and for the most part, the industry is really open and wonderful and, mm -hmm. and everything else. And uh, But, you know, the industry also has like terms like single barrel, small batch, and all this other stuff that I felt like wasn't very clear to the consumer and was consumers were paying a premium for. So that was kind of the idea behind the book, uh, yeah. was, was to talk about that. But it's mostly, you know, it's, whiskey's meant to be fun. And I, I love being critical of whiskey, but only to the point where it doesn't go beyond my enjoyment of it. Because I love whiskey, and number one is I'm a fan of whiskey. Mm -hmm. um, and number two, I love talking about whiskey. So it works out pretty well. I think that's like, that certainly is what, um, why I think we get along so well, um, is that, being critical and, and casting like a critical glance at certain practices or whatever is never, it, your enjoyment is, isn't overshadowed by that. Yeah. And so you don't take it too seriously because you do sort of, you can, of mm -hmm. course, you can take anything too seriously, really. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, whiskey is a luxury and it's there to be enjoyed. And, um, you know, I think that, it's never going to be a hundred percent perfect and it's never going to be a hundred percent, you know, what you want it to be mm -hmm. because it, it can't, it simply can't be because maybe what you want in a whiskey is going to be very different from what I want in a whiskey. And you know, who's to say which one of us is, is right. So I think that like at the end of the day, what you want to do is like sit down with it and drink it and yeah. talk and have a good time. Yeah. And that's what it really boils down to. And um, yeah, I sometimes I see people and like maybe this is a rant. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, sometimes I see people and I look at their like Twitter feeds and it's all just like angry, like pointed, like at Buffalo Trace, blah, 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 blah. Like just like, you know, sort of like grinding everybody's gears about right. everything all the time. And I'm like, right. well, what's the point? Yeah. yeah. You know, what's the point? Yeah. Just enjoy. Maybe that's actually more like a social media thing than anything else. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely on social media. We we tend I to complain a, social, a lot more. I think I've had a social media rant or two before on this podcast, no, perhaps. Well, but you're right. I mean, I think the this the, exactly the social media aspect of it is very interesting. Uh, the whole whiskey community yeah. in general is very interesting because I think um, um, whiskey people in general. We we've talked about this before. Are you know everybody are awesome, incredibly great people um and you know social media it's it's weird i've met a few people that were always very negative on social media i meet them in person and they're like wonderful i know and i know just, and you wish like, so much you were like oh could you just bring like the warm percent of your, of your like niceness to it because it can like if that's all you get from a person like it's hard to give them a break and say like, oh, well, this person is constantly cranky on social media, but I'm sure they're a nice person in real life. But of course they are. Yeah. But like, you know, it's just, it's sometimes you get bombarded with that negativity and you just say like, well, this is a negative Nancy over here. And yeah. that's it. I'm done with them. But you're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. No, that's the way it works. It's fine. That's the way social media works. You know. So. Stag. Um, Stag. Wow. 132.1 proof. Barrel proof, obviously unfiltered. Stag Junior, straight out of Buffalo Trace. This release number is my favorite of the one. I haven't had every single one. I think this. I can't believe you have so much. I know. I don't when drink it very you... often. Well, no, because you'll be drunk in like two seconds. Well, it's funny though, right? Because that Stag is an interesting example. Like I, um, I don't go into it very like it's it's a it's a very intense drink. Yeah. And it's very rare that I kind of feel like something that intense. That's, right. And that's always been my complaint with the Stag Junior is that um, the intensity is there, but I don't get enough of the award. So mm. Booker's, I get an intensity, but there's also an award. There's a good payoff. Um, the Stag, I don't quite it is get. Hot. Uh, yeah, it's hot. It's it a hot whiskey. Hot. It doesn't give me that payoff that I'm looking for in right. a whiskey. Um, and that's really my problem with the Stag Junior. Um, yeah. I could get on board with that. Yeah, for sure. It's it's hot. It's one of those ones where. Even a seasoned whiskey drinker, a seasoned barrel-proof whiskey drinker will let out a little cough. Yeah. It were, it just, like, I need to, like, do a deep exhale on that one because it just, it sort of is a lot of burn. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love Stag Jr. Um, I think, actually, if you wanted to do, like, a crazy, wicked, high-proof, old-fashioned Oh, yeah. You could use that in that, and that would be kind of cool. Um, it's a bit of a beast, really. Um, but, man, that bottle is hot. This is a really sexy bottle. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. They did a great job with that. Yeah. Like, I would, I would, I would buy this in a, in a hot minute yeah. at the LCBO. I mean, if we could get it. The, um, uh, but you go back to the... Uh, Taylor Barrel Proof, and you're like, yeah, this is a whole other. I know. Whole other the drink. Taylor Barrel Proof is just like, it's such a treat. Where did you get your bottle again? I am, um, listener brought it to. Right, um, right, right, yeah. right, right. That's nice. Yeah. I don't know if the person I bought mine from listens. If he does, what's up? <laughs> yeah, mine's about the same. Yeah, like, yeah, I know. It's, it's very little, sad. It's it's a little it's, less than half, and like it's getting to that point. Yeah, but it's okay. It's meant to be. It's meant to be. It's meant to be drank. So, um, I what, do we want to rank these in any way, kind of spontaneously? Oh, no, we shouldn't. I was gonna say. So I think uh, my favorites were the uh, barrel proof, the Amroot, 
What barrel proof? Which one? Uh, sorry, the Taylor barrel proof. The Amroot, the Booker's, and the Abrilara, I think, is kind of my okay. Yeah, range. I would actually agree with that. The Taylor barrel proof, I, you know, forever. Um, I really like that Aberlauer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I might even tie it up with the Booker's here because uh, I do, I like this season one. It's I think it's super delicious. Um, it is a bit dry, so it does mm-hmm. leave like a little, you're just like, oh. You went away a little too fast. Right, okay. Um, but I still love it that much that, like, you can sort of, like, forgive it. So I would I would say, yeah. I would agree with you, actually. Yeah. I think the Stag Junior is a little too sharp. The But more Tempest is a wonderful drink. It just kind of seemed to, like, fade out a little bit as yeah. far as the flavor of everything else is offered. But a nice everyday pour. Yeah. Like, you could just, like, chill out with that at 5 p.m., 6 p.m., whatever. Uh, Jamie, so yeah, you're right. This 55.9% alcohol is our everyday pour. This is where Scott oh starts. Oh my God. And then and then it goes from there is what we're saying. Yeah. And the Aaron 12, <laughs> which is only at 50 something percent, that's that's kind of our morning whiskey. Yeah. yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. Morning whiskey. Cast rank. What? <laughs> um, yeah. I guess like happy like 50th episode yeah and thanks everybody for listening for 50 episodes or however many episodes you've listened to because um well you're the reason we keep doing this yeah and you keep you tweeting us and you seem to enjoy so thanks remember just to rate us on itunes yeah um recommend us on whatever podcasting app you listen to our network yeah um definitely reach out to us and tweet us we yeah. love that yeah and uh keep drinking whiskey and tell us all about it <laughs> yeah. Love it. Cheers. 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 Cheers.